Hello there to all my loyal listeners, and thank you for joining me for episode 18 of the Mark Ice Show. This is Mark Ice, your host, and I'm going to dive right into criticizing Gary Johnson today. Now, Gary Johnson, I think, has blown probably the best opportunity the Libertarian Party has had in my lifetime to make any sort of impact on the national stage. And I think you saw momentum building up in the 2008-2012 elections to the ideas of Ron Paul. Young people were very inspired by Ron Paul. Now, he didn't run on the Libertarian ticket in either of those elections. He did run on the Libertarian ticket back in 1988. But there was really a there was a spark in the Republican Party for libertarian-leaning ideals. And this was driven almost entirely by young people, young people willing to drop anything and go out, work for the Ron Paul campaign, and you know, be a part of this revolution, the Ron Paul revolution. So there's a lot of momentum building up already to libertarian ideas. And it wasn't a majority of the U.S. population by any stretch of the imagination. It was still a pretty small minority of the population, but it was the most momentum we'd seen for these types of ideas in recent history, without a doubt. So coming into the 2016 election, you see Donald Trump start to emerge among the Republicans. And Hillary Clinton, the entire time, is the front runner on the Democratic side. Bernie Sanders put up a great fight, but ultimately that was going to be Hillary Clinton's nomination, unless something drastic happened. Two candidates that many people do not like. I don't know much of anyone that enthusiastically supports either candidate. If somebody is supporting either candidate, it's because they hate the other candidate. But most people I know aren't really supporting either. They're saying, you know what, I'm, I'm sitting this one out. I don't know if I can support either one of these people or the ideas that they represent. And Trump, with his protectionism and his nativism, he is very hard for most people to support. And Clinton just being so inaccessible for just being such an elitist, you know, being able to lie and get away with it time and time again. The Clinton family isn't well-liked by a majority of Americans. Uh, she's just not a, a trustworthy person. And I'm not saying that Donald Trump is a trustworthy person because I know Trump has many warts as well. And I don't have a dog behind either of these candidates. But how can somebody enthusiastically support Hillary Clinton too? I don't, I don't understand that either. Uh, so the Libertarians had a, such a great opportunity coming into this election. And the, the cast of candidates that came out weren't overly inspiring. And Gary Johnson was the favorite all along because he had been the Libertarian nominee in 2012. He had a decent showing in 2012. He had the most experience of anybody on the ticket. Uh, he would probably be able to raise the most money. And so he was nominated. He was nominated over Austin Peterson, who I liked and who, who I like. Obviously, he's still going to be around. He's going to be a part of the Libertarian Party moving forward. But he's young. Um, 
no nobody really knew who he was outside of the Libertarian Party, and I think he gained some traction on social media. He ran a good campaign, considering nobody really knew who he was coming into the coming into the election or coming into the nomination process. So he had a good showing. He came in second, uh, and they went with kind of the tried and true Gary Johnson. And I had lukewarmly supported Gary Johnson early on in the process, kind of for a lot of the reasons that a lot of other libertarians did, because I thought he gives us the best chance to get time on national TV, to get some exposure. People know who he was. He was on the stage for the Republican debates in 2012. Uh, People know who he was. He was a two-time governor. But he has just put on such a horrible showing, really throughout the entire process. In the Libertarian debates, he was not good. And he has not been good in any appearance that he has had. And I don't know how any Libertarian can continue to support him now. But the important point that I want to make is just the chance that he has flubbed. And that really the Libertarian Party has flubbed. Because they nominated him. They saw that he performed poorly in the Libertarian Party debates, yet they still nominated him. And really, they are to blame. But it's such a shame that now the ideas of libertarianism are being associated with Gary Johnson, when really he he is so bad at getting up on stage and explaining, these are my principles, this is how my principles lead to this position on this particular issue. It's because he's not a libertarian and he doesn't have principles that he stands behind. That's his biggest issue. That's why he can't explain anything. That's why anytime he's at, he's asked anything, he can't bring it back to a certain level and say, well, ultimately I believe in self-ownership or I believe in non-aggression. He can't take it back to that point and say, this is what I believe And then this is why I stand this way on a particular issue. Or, I mean, even if he could say this is where traditional libertarian ideology would would have me stand. This is why I think differently. I would at least appreciate that, that he understands what libertarians stand for. But I don't think he even understands. And I don't think he even cares. He sees the Libertarian Party as an outlet to get his name out there. And he couldn't compete on the Republican side. So he turned to the Libertarian side. And it has just been a disaster. It has made Libertarians look horrible. I had another episode where I defended Gary Johnson for his Aleppo gaffe. His initial gaffe. And talked about why... I would almost prefer my president to not know what Aleppo was because we weren't interfering over there rather than somebody that could tell you everything about Aleppo and how this they're going to do this, this, and this to fix the problem over there because that's been such a disaster for our country and our military. And we've spent so much money really making things worse. I defended the initial gaffe, but then how he responded to the gaffe was horrendous. And now he's gone and done the same thing again. And he even referenced his original gaffe when making this gaffe. 
So I will post a video. It, it, I don't really need to go into the details of, of what it was, but I, I'll post a video so you can see exactly what the context is. But he's asked by Chris Matthews what foreign leader or what, what government leader today do you admire? And Gary Johnson could not name anybody. And Chris Matthews said, yeah, just, just one person, somebody that you admire. And, he, and Gary Johnson said, oh, I think I'm having an Aleppo moment. So he actually referenced his gaffe when now making another gaffe on foreign policy. It's not really even about foreign policy, but it's just about do you know anything about the world around you? And then he ended up saying the ex-president of Mexico and... Bill Weld came in, and he meant uh, Vicente Fox. That was who Gary Johnson tried to name at the end without remembering what his name was. But let's say even if you can't think of a foreign leader that you admire, which I actually understand, and I think if I was in that position, I would have trouble naming somebody as well because there isn't a leader out there that's espousing the views of liberty at least nobody that I've come across. But what I would have said is, I'm, if I am elected president, I am going to lead this country unlike the way any other country is led. And as a result, because I, I think the trend across the world right now is toward centralization in terms of governments trying to centralize their power. I think that's the trend out there. And there's not a single leader I can think of that's trying to turn things in the other direction. Maybe I would have said uh, uh, Nigel Farage for his work in getting Britain extricated from uh, the European Union. I don't know if he qualifies as a world leader, is it, you know, the leader of a party. Uh, that's probably the only person that I would have thought of because he really was trying to to undo the forces of centralization. But there are, there are no leaders that come to my mind, you know, no presidents or prime ministers that come to my mind when I think of liberty. And that's what I wish Gary Johnson had said. I think that would have been a good answer. Like I said, if I was in that position, I would have had a hard time justifying why I admired any particular leader out there. Because there isn't a strong voice for liberty on the global stage. I mean, you look at our, you look at our own continent, and you look at Canada. Is Justin Trudeau somebody that you can admire? No, he has done a horrendous job, and he's driving Canada into the ground. Can you admire Barack Obama? No, he has done a poor job as the president president of the United States. And that's, that's just on our own continent. And if you go over to Europe, Europe is not doing well. I mean, even Germany, which is tends to be the healthiest or among the healthiest countries in Europe, Angela Merkel has not done a good job there. They've been brought down by the EU, being involved in the EU. They've been brought down by the financial messes of their fellow European countries. And the whole refugee crisis has not been good for them either. Angela Merkel has not done a good job. That was who Hillary Clinton named when she was asked a similar question. And Merkel has not done a good job. 
So I don't know who you can name over in Europe because most of the rest of the states in Europe, most of the rest of the countries in Europe are in far worse shape than Germany. And you can't name Putin, the Russian leader. China's a mess. So I certainly understand why he didn't have somebody that came to mind right away. But answer the question that way. Say, this is why I can't think of anybody. Because there's nobody to think of. There isn't a strong voice for liberty out there. But Gary Johnson does not answer questions that way. Gary Johnson sets himself up to look bad. And as a result, for libertarians to look bad. Because like it or not, this is now the voice of libertarian ideas on the American stage. He is our presidential candidate. And I'm not a member of the Libertarian Party, but obviously if I had to, if I had to pick a party to belong to, it would be the Libertarian Party. So I'm saying us, even though I'm not a part of it. I'm not a member, um, but I'm obviously most sympathetic to those views. So his whole campaign has been a disaster. And I would like to just see him drop out. I'm, I'm honestly glad that he did not get into the, into the debates because he would have continued to fumble and stumble and just look bad. I, I don't get how he doesn't have somebody working with him on this. And you don't have to be trained to say a particular answer. What you need to be trained to do, I think, for libertarians to respect you. And I know that he's trying to appeal to much more than just libertarians. But I think other people respect this way of thinking. When you're asked a question, first take it back to, what are my principles? And start there. Then work your way up to the specifics of the question. Or if you're going to say a specific answer, say it first and then work your way back to, I believe all of this because of my belief in this. Because I believe in the principle of this. And whether that's, like I said before, self-ownership or non-aggression. Uh, you can have a lot of different principles that you stand on. But the important thing is important thing the important thing is you trace your views back to those beliefs and those principles. That's what's important to me. And he does a horrendous job of this time and time and time again. Now I'm not saying the other two do it at all. And very few politicians that run for major office in this country do that. Most of them are just trying to say what people want to hear. They're trying not to offend anybody. I know people are say, oh, Trump, Trump offends people. Yeah, but he does it in a calculated way to try to jack up his supporters that much more because he's saying something offensive. But Trump doesn't actually say anything that's going to offend anybody's pocketbook. So he's saying, I'm going to cut, he's somehow going to cut taxes and keep all the social programs out there and beef them up somehow. Somehow he's going to do that. So he doesn't offend anybody that's receiving Social Security, doesn't offend any taxpayer. And that's a, that's a typical politician. Hillary Clinton does basically the same thing, except she says, I want to raise taxes on the rich. So, you know, maybe that 1% of people maybe mad at her for, for saying that, but do they really matter much in an election? No. 
But does Hillary Clinton ever say, "This is what my print. This is this is my this is the principle that I draw this view from." Never, and Trump never does either, and nobody from the Democratic or Republican parties ever does either. These main national office candidates. Now, Bernie Sanders at least did it to an extent, and I always use him as as an example of me. I think. I try to stand up for people who at least are principled. Almost that's more important to me at times than than the policies that you're espousing. Because if you're just espousing policies for the sake of espousing policies and you don't say, this is where I draw that from. Because if, cause if you ultimately know somebody's core principles and you know that they're always coming back to those when they are coming up with their policies, then all you need to know are those core principles. That's all you need to know, and then you know how they're going to respond to a particular issue. They're predictable. They're consistent, which is a good thing. They're not a renegade. They're not going to completely change their views. And Bernie Sanders at least did that. Now, I think his principles are, you know, basically crazy. I, I disagree with his principles. They are not the same principles that I stand by, but I at least understand where he's coming from. You know, because he believes in this principle, now this is how he's going to respond to that particular issue. And that's something that he does well. Not that he's an eloquent speaker by any means, but you know his principles. And when you listen to him talk, you know his principles. You do not know Gary Johnson's principles. And if somebody sat down with him for a period of time and drilled down to that and helped helped him say helped him see you know, this is what libertarians believe. If you're going to represent them, these are the views that they hold. And there are certain things that all libertarians believe. But Gary Johnson never has those thoughts go through his mind. Or if he does, he does such a bad job of verbalizing them that it's impossible for anybody to ever know that that's what he believes. Or that he's actually had those thoughts run through his mind. So it's just very depressing to watch this campaign crash and burn when I know that we have such a good opportunity here to make an impact, not to win. You know, I don't think that the, that a libertarian candidate ever would have a chance to win in the current political climate. You know, maybe, maybe if you'd have Ron Paul run as a libertarian, that could have been one thing. He probably could have done very well. I still don't think he could have won, though. But the important thing is to get the ideas out there. And I think people are looking for somewhere to go. They're looking for a beacon to call them home, to draw them to a particular set of ideas. And somebody eloquent that can actually carry that message could do that, could bring a lot of progressives to the libertarian side, progressives that do not want to vote for Hillary Clinton, but also can't stand Donald Trump. Disaffected Republicans who don't like the way that Trump is talking about economics and about um, you know keeping all these social programs around libertarianism could be a beacon for them if somebody's actually espousing the message and saying this is what we believe like it or not this is this is what we believe and you know we stand by these principles you will know how we stand on a particular issue because these are our principles i think there were a lot of opportunities for that in this election but We've completely blown it. Gary Johnson has completely blown it. 
He brings in somebody like Bill Weld to be his running mate. Bill Weld, who's actually had a better campaign cycle than Gary Johnson, shockingly. But Bill Weld, who's a Republican, who maybe he's read up on libertarianism a little bit because he said some things that make you think, okay, maybe he understands it a bit. But he's a Republican through and through. And you look at his record, he's a Republican through and through. He's not a libertarian. So just this whole campaign has been frustrating and one big disaster. And it'll be interesting to see if this party can come back from it. And I think over enough time, it'll have to. You know, I think there are natural cycles in, you know, in which parties in power. There really for almost all of American history, there have been two main parties. Really for all of American history. There have been just the two main parties. Those parties have changed. So I think for the Libertarian Party to be a national player, it'll have to displace one of the two main parties or it'll have to be sucked into maybe the Republican Party and the Republican Party really become libertarian or much more libertarian-leaning than it is now. But it's just depressing. I, I don't see the Libertarian Party coming back from this anytime soon. It will be very difficult to because these ideas now are the source of jokes all across the country on talk shows, on both the Republican side and the Democrat side. And Gary Johnson and his gaffes and him not knowing much about anything has made all of us look bad and made people have one, one broad paint, paint stroke and say, this is what all libertarians are like. They don't know a lick about foreign policy. They can't verbalize what they believe. They're fiscally conservative and, and socially liberal. That's what, that's what Gary Johnson always says. Even though that could be a good way to describe libertarianism, like to start, but I don't want it to be... I don't agree with saying that what libertarianism is, is the best from both parties. And it's really different from either of the parties. It's not taking some from one party and some from the other party and putting it together. That's an important point that Tom Woods has made. I'll have to try to find his, I believe it was from a podcast where he made that point. It may be from a speech too, but I'll try to find that and put that in the suggested readings page. I think that's an important discussion too. Uh, you know, how do you get the libertarian message out there? And how do you present it to somebody? But Gary Johnson has just done a horrendous job. And I think when you're taking new ideas to the public, you need to have an action plan of how am I going to do this? And he does not have an action plan. I don't know if he doesn't have a team advising him. I don't know if his advisors are horrible. If he doesn't listen to them. I don't know what it is. But he does a horrible job of conveying this message to the public. And there's a way to convey this message where people, maybe if they, maybe if it's not even the position that they necessarily would hold, they would say, okay, I see why he believes that. I understand where he's coming from. I can respect that. And if you respect somebody enough, you actually may start to think, you know what, I'd much rather vote for somebody that I respect with, that I respect and maybe disagree with a bit more rather than somebody that I don't respect, though I may disagree with them a bit more. So I just wanted to rant about Gary Johnson, his gaffe. Uh, I'm going to have another episode out, hopefully 
today or tomorrow just about the financial economic news that's happened today because there was quite a bit that came out. There was new news on um, consumer credit. There was a, a major uh, flooding of gold on the markets, $2.25 billion worth of gold near the close of the European markets uh, that caused a, a decent drop in gold prices. Um, and there also was a, a flash crash in the pound, which is also interesting. We see these every once in a while, uh, basically due to high-frequency traders, the algorithms that are out there, the, the algorithmic traders. But I want to talk about that a little bit on my next podcast, which will either be out later tonight or early tomorrow morning. Also, I think there's something I want to get to. Barack Obama had an article that he penned in The Economist that I think holds a lot of contradictions. So thank you for listening, and I will have that out again soon. Have a great weekend.